When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Well, Christmas came early, ladies and gentlemen. Urban Meyer is gone, or maybe actually it's the Grinch, because we want a little more excitement here, a little bit more of a disaster here from Urban Meyer, who is an absolute joke. We'll get to all the games, of course, that are taking place this weekend. But listen, when I heard the, but first off, when I heard the story about the kicker, the former kicker, for those who missed it, this was a story yesterday that he said that Urban Meyer walked by him, kicked him. He rated the kick of five out of 10, which was my favorite part of the story. A five out of 10 kick, and he goes, hey, dipshit, why don't you start making some kicks for us? And he's like, you can't kick me. He's like, I'm the head football coach. I kick where the fuck I want. Like, that is Urban Meyer. And apparently that was the last straw for Sean Kahn. Let's start with this, Mike. Where were you when you heard, finally, Urban Meyer's done after 13 games? Well, I was sleeping, and, and I heard my <laughs> phone was dinging at a repeated level. And I'm like, it's either the, the, the family texts, including the Berman family and everybody, or Ben Simmons got traded. And I was too lazy <laughs> to get up and look at it. You know, and I was like, I'm not getting up. And Bella's snoring over in the background. And I'm like, I'm not getting up. And then this morning, I, I find out, Two things. I find out Springsteen sold his catalog for a half a billion dollars. And, yeah, and 500 million to Sony is unbelievable. unbelievable. And and we're saying goodbye to uh, Urban, which, you know, look, it, it, I think you got to give Khan credit. I mean, th- this is something, as I tweeted out yesterday, the great Carlo, when he said, he's got to go. <laughs> he had to go, right? He's got to go. You know, social club, he's got to go. <laughs> you know, that's all I kept thinking in my mind. And, and so, look. I think this is a great lesson for any coach uh, to wants to, what can we learn from Urban's falling flat on his face? Well, first of all, the NFL is about knowledge is power. You can hide in the college game. You can hide your, your level of football intelligence in the college game because you recruit. It's just a fact. You, you don't have to be on top of all the players, all the player development. You just go out and get more five stars. So, you know, what we learned from Urban is that he didn't really know enough about how to build a program when you can't get five stars. That's A. B, he was power hungry. And I say this all the time, and I'm going to write this for the Daily Coach next week. The most important thing, when you're in a job interview and and the owner thinks you're asking for more power, the real answer is, I'm not power hungry, I'm culture hungry. I need to have the ability to build the culture. And if you don't give me enough authority to build the culture, then I'm going to fall flat on my face. And Urban was power hungry to be power hungry. He was not power hungry to be culture hungry. And absolute power corrupts absolutely. It's just a fact. 
And, and, and that's why it's just going to fall flat on his face. And, you know, poor Shaq Khan, he can't get it right. You know, he thinks he solved his problems with Urban. And now he's, you know, down the, path, down the road again, and he's looking for another coach. Two and 11 was the team and a litany of problems. But as you said, the, the, the biggest overriding issue is the ego. Just the fact that Urban Meyer came in with this huge ego and just figured he could do whatever he wanted to do. If you look at all the issues, the strength and conditioning coach out of the gate, um, the fact that they had issues in terms of player discipline, obviously the lap dance issue was massive. How about the, the Tim Tebow thing? He signs Tim, Tim Tebow, Tebow out of him, arrogance. Yeah. Like, right. seriously, like, where, what are we, we bitched about this all summer and people said, well, he's doing it. No, he, he was hurting his culture when he did that. Right. Given a guy who has no reason to be in the National Football League at tight end, giving him an opportunity, or you, you just lost your credibility with the other players. Right. We said it at the time. I mean, it was a joke. It just showed you he didn't know. It was really clearly a demonstration of him not learning. And the other thing is he didn't learn on the job. Yeah. He took nothing with him. The, the, the offensive coaches, I bet last night, they got smashed. I bet you they all went out <laughs> and had open champagne up, got fucking smashed. You know, I mean, it was like this asshole's out of the building now. The tweets were hilarious. I give the, I give the assistant coaches a C, C plus today, because we all know the Urban's grades towards them. But overall, like you said, for the Jaguars, you have a franchise quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, but he's had way too many turnovers. It's been a rocky season. You expect that going in. Now you can't, listen, I'm with you. I give Shad Khan credit for recognizing a mistake. I had said previously, I don't know if he can fire him because it's so much money. And as you said, you can't afford not to fire him. Just pay the money. It's okay. But now here's the key, Mike. You can't F this one up. Like, hey, you screwed up no. big time with this one. You cannot screw this one up, okay? You know, and, and, and you got to be worried about who Shad Khan's talking to. You know, today he probably got four calls from people in the league office telling him who he should hire. That benefits the league office. It doesn't benefit the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, you know, and, and who is he going to listen to? Tony? Does Tony know who to hire as a coach? Is he going to listen to Trent Baalke, the general manager? I mean, it all the you know, evaluate the evaluator. Like, seriously, who is he going to listen to? And can you trust his judgment? You know, is he going to go with the political connections and hire somebody that the media says he should hire? You know, and, you know, he did it right that way. Everybody thought Urban was a slam dunk. When in reality, you know, I think it's unfair, too, to college coaches. That have that have entered the pro game to, to to label them all failures, like Urban. Urban doesn't know didn't know enough about football to really be a good coach. Matt Rule knows a lot about football. Matt Rule will be successful. Matt Rule's having a tough year, but to compare Matt Rule and 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 Urban Meyer is not fair to Matt Rule. To compare, you know, even Dabo Sweeney to to Urban Meyer. Dabo Sweeney recruits. He works. Could he be a culture builder? Perhaps. But I think you've got to know enough about football. And some of these college guys, they've hidden behind the recruiting. And they don't know enough about the technical aspect of the game. And they're in a leadership position with no knowledge. And that's hard to lead. You can't all paint everybody with one brush. And in the interest of being even-handed, this tweet here from Busted Coverage, Urban Meyer's daughter has her dad's back. The enemy, a.k.a. the world, really doesn't want to see good people win. And you can argue whether my dad is a good person or not based on what you see in the media. Super reliable source of info, as we know. Anyone who knows us knows how incredible he is as a person, and the world hates any platform we have, so he's going to create chaos to destroy it. Little does he know he's making it stronger. It's not over. Keep watching. I appreciate his daughter supporting him. Sure. I don't think I'm, I already, I already keep watching anything. I don't, like, think she, I, I don't think she knows the picture. I mean, there was going to be a revolt. I was told this week that the way he was practicing the team, that, that he was talking, he was still talking to Chris Doyle as the former strength coach. And, and Doyle was trying to tell him, you know, he was 
talking to him because he has so much faith in Doyle. Doyle is the poor guy who got, you know, I don't know what happened to him at Iowa, but he got railroaded out of Iowa. And, and you know, after several years there, and, and he, and he it was a best friends of Urban, and they were talking to him. And, you know, he's not listening to anybody. It's like, I, 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 I know you can appreciate this, but we, I wrote about it yesterday for The Daily Coach. It reminded me of a Twilight Zone episode <laughs> that Peter Falk was in, right? <laughs> When Peter Falk is a dictator, right? He comes walking into this, he comes walking into the dictator's office and they are going to overthrow him, him and the four people that he was with. And as the dictator's leaving, the dictator says to Peter Falk, you see this mirror here? This mirror will tell you who the enemy is at all times. All you need to do is look into this mirror. And so naturally Falk, the next day, starts looking at his mirror and he sees his best friend. Boom, gets him assassinated. Then he looks at another, sees his other best friend, gets him assassinated. Before long, there's nobody left to kill. And the country's in ruins. The, everybody's revolting against him. And then finally, when he looks in the mirror for the last time, he sees himself. He's the true enemy. Yeah. And to me, that was Urban Meyer. All due respect to his daughter, his, the true enemy was himself. Not preparing himself for the job and then not listening to people that could perhaps help him. He thinks he had all the answers. Yeah. That's where arrogance and hubris, I think those are the two biggest downfalls of Urban Meyer in this instance. Let's get to some games. Chiefs and Chargers tonight should be a great game. Nine and four Chiefs, eight and five Chargers. The Chiefs right now favored at minus three. But you talk about Thursday night football winner, you talk about the AFC West leader. In terms of who needs this win more, I think it's the Chargers because they're one game back. But the Chiefs have certainly been rolling right now. Curious to see what transpires here on the road for Kansas City. No doubt. And I think this is going to be come down to the injury report. Is Slater going to play tonight? You know, we're in the middle of this COVID epidemic going on in the NFL. It's all over. And it's and it's sad. And I think, you know, you got to look at the injury report before you do anything to see. Because if, if, if Chris Jones can't play, that's a huge, huge uh, concern for them off defensively. He's been, if there's an MVP of the Chiefs this season, it's not Patrick Mahomes. It's Chris Jones. And and if he's not on the field, I think that's going to make a huge difference to this game. And if Slater, the left tackle for the Chargers, isn't on the field, is is Keenan Allen going to play? There's so many injuries that are going into this game that's hard to predict. But I do think at the end of the day, I think the Chiefs are better on defense. They're not as good as they've been on offense. But I think they'll have enough offense against a bad Charger defense. I, I mean, I like the Chiefs here tonight. I think it'll be a fun game to watch, though. Mahomes in the offense, as you said, you still have some questions about them. They struggled against the Chargers earlier in the matchup. And Herbert, we love. But this Chiefs defense right now is rolling. That's where I'm curious to see, Mike. Will they be able to get pressure on Herbert and make it an uncomfortable night for him in the pocket? Yeah, and if Slater doesn't play, that means Frank Clark's going to be somebody you need to watch during the game because he'll be going against the backup tackle. And, you know, the one thing about the Chargers that really worries you, especially in games like this, the Chargers have one of the worst special teams in the National Football League. And the Chiefs are one of the best, the top five. And so nobody talks about that being an important part of the game, but it will be. And I think it really will determine it'll make a huge difference in this game. And I think that's why you have to like the Chiefs. Turnovers will always play a part. We'll see if turnovers are an issue for these teams. And either way, as I said, good matchup here on Thursday night. Who would have thought a matchup of two six and seven teams would be important? But that's what we got here with Washington and the Eagles. The Eagles are favored at minus six. And the reason why it's important is you're trying to battle for those final wildcard spots. Neither of these teams, I think, is going to win the division. But as far as grabbing one of the wildcard spots, totally in play. Washington right now is beat up Mike. Taylor Heineke is questionable. Terry McLaurin's questionable. J.D. McKissick is questionable. Logan Thomas in the IR. 
Samus Ray is questionable. I like Philly to win, but do you think the line's a little too big? Minus six right now for Philly. I mean, it jumped up there because of all the COVID issues, right? It's jumped up there, you know, because of the injuries too. I mean, when you look at it, you know, Flowers has got a bad foot. He's questionable for the game offensive lineman, you know, and then you've got all the COVID guys going on in there. The receiver, McLaurin, uh, you know, I mean, they're... There are other players, Davis, the linebacker is out with a concussion. Is he going to be able to come back? So to me, the Eagles are healthy and Washington's not. And I think, like I said earlier, I think they're definitely going to play uh, the two-quarterback system. I mean, they're practicing. They're saying that Hurts is still ankle, still bothered him. I think that, you know, he was almost close to playing last week. And so I think they're going to use this two-quarterback system to their full advantage, which they should. You know, put Minshew in there. Go ahead. I, I, actually, I'd let Minshew go in there in the first quarter, let him throw the ball, get the lead, and make Washington play from behind. They can throw the ball with Minshew. And I was going to say, if you get that early lead, then you can use one of Philadelphia's strengths, which they realized halfway through the season, which is the running game. How do you think that right. Washington front deals with that Philadelphia rushing attack? I think it's going to be hard, especially if Jonathan Allen's not playing with the COVID. You know, so again, this is a Sunday game. The line opened up at four, and it immediately started going towards Philly because of the COVID cases. And look, Philly's healthy and Washington's not. And I don't think Washington can score on offense. I think Washington's offensive line struggled to block Philly last, the watch block Dallas last week. You watch that tape. They really couldn't do anything offensively. Uh, so I think Philly is in pretty good shape here. They should be able to, you know, get to seven and seven. And then I think they got a really good chance to be the seventh wildcard seed because the schedule favors them. And their, and their health, right, at this time of the year favors them the most. Not getting on a plane, that's a huge thing. They'll face the Cowboys at one point when they come to Philadelphia. Speaking of Dallas, Cowboys the Giants, we continue the NFC East conversation. Dallas opening is 10.5-point favorites. They can clinch a playoff berth with a win over Joe Judge's Giants. Again, what do you think of the line? 10.5 here in favor of Dallas. Well, this is what we call the Mike Lennon tax. This is the <laughs> Mike Lennon tax. You know how Uncle Junior wanted to retax everybody once he took command, you know? Who's paying for this game? You know, you know. I remember when Mikey Palmese, one of the great characters of all time, is there anybody better than Mikey Palmese? I mean, seriously. He comes barging in that car game are you who's paying for this game right well there's a tax right you know i mean remember they taxed heshi yes this is the mike lennon has a tax on him you know and so there's a there's a, at least a four-point tax with mike lennon it has to be i mean the guy's a 21 percent winning percentage quarterback in the league he turns the ball over they can't really run it they're not healthy on offense they've got covid going through their team too and defensively they struggled last week you know, out in Los Angeles, I mean, they struggled to stop the Chargers. We saw it, and, the, and they're what's disappointing about the Giants. They're so bad at the end of the half. I mean, they can't get out of the half without winning the middle eight. So, you know, I think it's an awful lot of points. I really do. Dallas hasn't played well. I think Dallas's biggest problem in watching the tape this week. I don't think Dallas practices at enough pace and tempo to really uh, allow their execution to take over. I really think it's a problem, and I, and I think they do more walkthroughs than they do really physical because their execution from the beginning of the year till now is not the same. What do you think of Dallas's offense? That's been a real concern, a tire fire the last few weeks. Maybe the tonic is that Giants defense, but I do think this offense, Mike, if Dallas is looking to jumpstart things, they'd love to put up 30 points and start to feel better about themselves. Dak has not played well the last couple of weeks. No, Dak hasn't played good at all, and this offense hasn't played good. I mean, look, other than the Atlanta game, when you go through it, other than the Atlanta game where they scored 41 points, they haven't scored points. I mean, the Raiders game was back and forth, 36-33, kind of a, a pass interference. We know it was a 
a Sean Hockley moment. But even in that, they, they were stagnant offensively. And they haven't been as good on third down. They're 15th in the National Football League on third down conversions. And what's even more uh, uh, concerning for them is they're 24th in red zone. They can't score when they get the ball. That's what happened to the Washington game. They got the ball down the red zone. They couldn't put the ball in the end zone. I think their execution, AD, is not good. It's not precise. And I think some of the problems with their offensive line, if there ever was a dog to take, and I think if you take Mike Glennon and, and pay the tax, you know, I, I think it could be dangerous. I mean, maybe you can negotiate it like Heshi did, down a little bit. But, I mean, it's hard. I mean, that's a lot of points. To quote Pacino and Scarface, every dog has to stay. Yeah. Uh, speaking of New York, Daniel Jones, by the way, could be shut down for the year with neck issues. They currently have the fifth and sixth picks in the NFL draft. If you're the GM, and we still know Gettleman's still there and Joe Judge is still there, but would you draft a quarterback at five or six? I would. Well, there's no one to take there. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, there's no one to take there. But you know, but I would. You know, I mean, I, I would have to. I mean, they're going to pick. They, look, they can't. They can't help themselves. They still think Daniel Jones is good. They can't help themselves. You're not going to convince them of otherwise. Maybe Joe Judge thinks that, but I think the upper management doesn't think that. You know, now they got rid of Garrett. That was a step. Now, what are they going to do with their offense? I mean, their offense is still not very good, even when Jones yeah. plays. That's why it's such a concern right now for the Giants. But that 10.5 spread, be a little wary. What if I told you a sprained ankle is more concerning than a fractured toe? Don't believe me? Check the blood pressure Ravens fans this week and get back to me. Rodgers, Jackson in Baltimore. More previews next on the GM Shuffle. All right, anytime you're on the golf course, you always hear the phrase, hit it long and hit it straight. Well, as somebody who's a novice to the game of golf, a new person, I wanted to make sure I had the best equipment possible. So, as a novice golfer, I went and hit up our friends over at PXG because they have an all-new driver called the Black Ops. I mean, my man Chris over in Henderson has hooked me up with a phenomenal driver that's built to my game. My new game that doesn't really do much of anything on the course, but it has what I need in terms of the club head speed and the kind of grip that I need to go out there and be the best to my ability. I mean, this is music to ears to any golfer, whether you're a novice like myself or if you've been playing the game for decades. The PXG Black Ops driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Op drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. That's just ridiculously high. So what you got to do Go check out the PXG Black Ops Driver. You'll be as impressed with it as I am. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment at pxg.com slash gmshuffle and use code gmshuffle at checkout. That's pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle for free shipping on all equipment, pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, the second round of the playoffs have been absolutely phenomenal, and if you really like a team, you can bet on them for the futures markets, maybe some conference finals MVPs as the conference finals approach, or how about NBA finals MVP? And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Patriots and the Colts on Saturday. That's right. This is the great time of year now. Christmas right around the corner. We get Saturday football. This is the best, baby. You can watch football four days a week if you want. Nine and four Pats and the seven and six Colts. I think it's a really intriguing game. Colts right now at seven and six. And again, if you want to bolster your spot towards the playoffs, you can do it. But of course, Bill and that defense have been hot. There's the matchup, Mike. Jonathan Taylor and the offensive line against the Patriots defense. Yeah, and the Patriots have been vulnerable to the run game. I mean, Tennessee ran for over 200 yards against them. I mean, you can run the ball on, te- on, on the Patriots. Now, you get down the red zone, it's hard to score. And you know that Bill's going to want to force them into making Carson Ricky Fowler. We'll see if Carson's Ricky Fowler on Saturday (laughs) night or if he turns into Carson Wentz, right? I mean, that's going to be the key to the game. I mean, and and Indianapolis is sensational at creating turnovers. I think they've created 29 turnovers. They're plus 13 in the turnover takeaway. And and that's the game. I mean, New England's going to go in there with a game plan to not turn the ball over, to be patient, to try to stop the run, keep the game and get it in the fourth quarter and try to wear it down. And, and, and hopefully they can. I think it's a hard matchup for New England because I do think that there's enough throws that Wentz can make against this secondary. And I think there's a way they can run the football. And if they get the lead and force Mac Jones to have to throw the ball with crowd noise and all that, it becomes a problem. Look, the, the, the Bucs in the first half when they played Indianapolis, they, they didn't play the kind of game they needed to play. They turned the ball over and they, and they made too many mistakes. But once the second half came around, and they were the ones who created the turnovers. And they were the ones who were able to make the plays and throw the football effectively. They took control of the game. And they you know, they ended up running for 142 yards in that game. So this is a game where I think it's the power of the Patriots versus the speed and the quickness of the Colts defensive front. And it's going to be how Belichick takes away the run game and forces, the, forces Wentz to have to win the game on his own. It'll be fun. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a hard game. The, the, this game opened up, uh, I think, as a pick em, and then one point. Now it's up to two and a half. A lot of people like the Colts here. Yeah, and you wonder about for the Patriots, who has the bigger game? Mac Jones or that stable of running backs? And as far as Wentz is concerned, I think if he can win a game like this, Mike, it'd go a long way towards proving that, hey, you know what? I can silence the doubters. You take away our best weapon. I can get things done. Bengals and the Broncos, two seven and six teams. The Broncos favored at minus two and a half. I think Denver's an intriguing story. You, you look at them at one point in the year again, you know what they're done. Their quarterbacking isn't good enough, but now they're fighting for this AFC wildcard spot. They can actually get in there now because of the fact they've come up with some big wins recently. And Cincinnati, everyone loves Joe Burrow. Everyone agrees he's the best quarterback in that division, but they're trying to come back against a crushing loss against the Niners. Do you think this is more of an offensive or defensive battle? I think it should be. Well, so I think it'll be a, an offensive battle. I think Cincinnati's got to throw the ball effectively against this, this this Broncos team. They've got to protect first. I think first and foremost, the biggest issues with the Bengals have been their health. They haven't been 100% healthy in the offensive line. You know, R- Riley Reefs had a bad ankle. Uh, he didn't practice the other day. That's a concern. So, you know, they, they've missed a bunch of players. Hopkins, because of illness. Now they've got a bunch of guys with, with illness on their team. They've got a lot of uh, flu going on throughout there. And so that's, that's an issue. And so... 
I think that they've got to protect better against a good Denver front, and they've got to be able to throw the ball. I mean, they have the most talent of any team in the North. This is a big game. I, I would be surprised if Cincinnati didn't play well. I think they're good enough on defense to, to get, create some problems for Teddy Two Gloves, uh, even though Denver has a lot of weapons, especially the running back Williams. But I do think that they can throw the football. Uh, I think the, the, the Bengals can stop this running game, and I think they match up well against Denver. I, the line opened up. Denver was a point-and-a-half favorite. It's gone up to almost three. Most people seem to be betting Denver. I'm leaning towards Cincinnati here. I think this will be the Joe Burrow moment. I think he'll make the plays he needs to make. And I think it'd be a crushing loss. If Cincinnati does lose this game, 7-7, seven and seven, they would have fallen at one point. Oh. We thought they might be the best team in the AFC. I mean, really. I mean, it's, 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 and, they, and, and really what's happened is, is they've turned the ball over six times in the last two games. Both home games they've lost. They, they beat Pittsburgh handily. You know, at, at home, they have a three-game home, home stand. With, with when they, they're 6-4, and four. they go out to Las Vegas with an impressive win out there. They've got a, a three-game home stand, and they lose two of the three. I mean, that's the killer, right? Yeah. But we know home field doesn't matter anymore in the National Football League. But they've got to figure out how to win this game on the road. they got Baltimore next week, Kansas City, Cleveland. I mean, this is one they've got. Of all the teams they've got to play, this might be the easiest one on the schedule. And it's a hard game. Packers and the Ravens. Before we get to the mailbag, another really good game. Green Bay at 10-3, and three, Ravens 8-5. and five. It would be a better game if Lamar Jackson was playing. He's got the ankle injury. He says he's going to play through it this week. So this is the real question. What kind of Lamar Jackson are you getting? He's not going to be 100%. Let's say 70%, 80%. But the Packers right now are favored at minus five on the road. Everything is going to be about Lamar here, Mike, but we know already he's going to be compromised. What does that mean? He's not running as much, has to pass more. How does Green play game plan? You know, I, th- I think what, how elusive is he in the pocket? You know, I mean, can he escape? Is he going to be able to plant and change direction? I think that's the thing we got to see. You know, how you rush him and, and is he willing to go out and start running around? I mean, I thought it was going to be more than just a day-to-day injury. Obviously, he's bounced back. But uh, so much about his game is lateral quickness. Can he plan off that ankle and change direction? Because, you know, he doesn't take a lot of big hits. Like Josh Allen takes a ton of big hits. And so I think that's the issue. And then, you know, this Raven secondary is so beat up. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, if he gets protection, which he should, he, you know, he's going to make a lot of throws. But now that he's back, I mean, the Ravens are, you know, they are. I think about the Ravens. I think this is the probably the best line you could give the Ravens this year. Is there's no scraps in their scrapbook. I mean, they yes. come all the Phil time. Leotardo, yes. They come all the time. There's no scraps in their scrapbook. I mean, <laughs> seriously, they are. They play to. The, I mean, almost beating Cleveland was a miracle to me. I mean, some of the wins that they've had on the schedule this year are just just down out remarkable. And yet, when they've played against a good quarterback, other than Herbert. Other than Herbert, when they've played against somebody who could really throw the football, you know, that they've struggled. Cincinnati posted a ton of points on them. You know, they beat Indianapolis. You know, go back and watch that tape. How? I don't know. But they came back and beat Indianapolis. And so, you know, when this will be the best quarterback that they've had to play. They played Mahomes in week two, but this will be the best quarterback. And we're going to see how good that secondary can hold up because it's, it's so hurt. It's so injured, you know, but yet they're the second best defense on third down. And where they really have sat, where they've really been able to rise to the occasion is they're the third best red zone defense in football. 
Wow, that is crazy. Ravens defense missing Humphrey and Peters. It's probably why, it is why John Harbaugh's in the past. We went for the win in that much criticized decision. And just a thought on Aaron Rodgers, as you said before, Mike, you think he's the MVP, he's having another great season. How about the fact he has a fractured toe, which is limiting him, and he said was more in pain after the win than the loss. Like, imagine how much better he'd be if he didn't have a fractured toe right now. I know, it's unbelievable. Like, and what happens if somebody steps on that toe? Oh. You know, I mean, it's got to be so, I mean, they got to have it wrapped up with a steel plate in there or something. I mean, you know, and, and he hasn't practiced. And the thing is, last week, he didn't practice all week. And he's throwing dimes. <laughs> I mean, he's throwing dimes out there with no practice. I mean, practice, I mean, it's remarkable what this guy does. Really can't explain it, but he's been awesome once again for the Packers. And by the way, on our uh, our boy McAfee's show, Matt, Pat asked him, oh, everything good in Green Bay? No, he's like, I love playing football. I'm like, you think he's going to give an answer right now? No way. Aaron Rodgers is playing coy until uh, till he gets that $50 million a year. Right? I may write this down. He's going to be the first $50 million a year player in the National Football. You can just write it down right now. I love it. I love the prediction. Mailbag. As always, you can send us questions. The GM Shuffle at gmail.com or feel free to send us a message on Instagram at the GM Shuffle. This is from Rob. You state the Eagles have an advantage in the remaining schedule because they have no need to fly. With modern technology, surely stepping on an airplane is not too different from a bus or a train? Well, I think it's the trip, right? The trips are so easy, you know, and you could get more out of your day. I mean, when you know you only have an hour and a half bus ride up to New York, you don't have to get on the bus to go to the airplane, to get on the airplane, to then wait to taxi, to go. I mean, even the small trips on an airplane take time. Yes. But you can just get in a bus and say, okay, we're going, and here we go. And then after the game, you can just get on the bus and go home. So you're saving a ton of time, and time equals money. And especially this time of the year, you have more time to rest the players. You have more time to be in your own facility. You have more time to be comfortable in your own environment. So I do think it gives them a great advantage. You know, take the train down to Washington. You know, it's it's easy. You sit on the train, and you go down there. You get off. You're at the hotel right away. I mean, it's not that complicated. My annoyance with flying is always it's the time prior to the flight. Bill, go, are you scared yeah, of flying? I go, it's the hour and a half check-in. All of a sudden, I get the bag. And like that. that's the nonsense I don't want. I mean, for me, it's the hour and a 15-minute drive to Philly, try to find a parking spot at Philly. Since they've, I don't know about you, but at Newark, but at Philly, they, they haven't opened up long-term parking. Why, I don't know. I have oh, no idea. Brutal. So now all the short-term parking is completely, you, you know, it's like trying to find a needle in a haystack. And there, you're driving around forever. And so that's an issue. And then you got to wait for your plane. And then, you know, and in the NFL, you know, literally you you get the bus from the state. If you're, the, say you're at the Patriots, you get the bus at the stadium, you drive the 40 minutes to Providence, you load on the plane, they got to wait till everything's loaded up on the plane and then you take off. Whereas if you're taking the bus up there, the equipment guys have already gone. Right. Nobody's waiting for the equipment. They're already up there. You just get on the plane. Once the buses are loaded, we're going. I'm with you. Anytime you have a bus or driving, that's a much, much better way to go. Uh, time now for the Pop Culture Minute. Quick thought here in a film I saw, Tick, Tick, Boom, which is a musical on Netflix. Andrew Garfield playing Jonathan Larson. He's the guy who created Rent. So if you like your musicals, it's a well done. Andrew Garfield's going to get nominated for Best Actor, I think, of the Academy Awards. Golden Globe nominations just came out. But I want to know, Mike, how much further along are you in the HBO book, James Andrew Miller's Tinderbox? Uh, I'm going in there. It's 49 hours. <laughs> He's reading it to me. I mean, I mean, it's a lifetime. Do you imagine just bunking up in a cabin telling Millie, hey, listen, I, I'm going to need 49 hours. I don't hours know how that, I think the guy should be getting, I mean, he should get some award for reading it for 40. <laughs> I think the, the hardest job, remember I told Stevie Van Zandt the hardest thing ever? And he said, no, it was doing the jackhammer on 287, you know? <laughs> I'd I like yes. to know what Stevie thinks about the, the half a billion dollars Bruce got for the, for the catalog. I mean, how about that one man? writing, and, and he writes that. I mean, think about the power of just the, you know, yes, I know it took a lot of musicians and I know, but the creative process was one person. Yeah. 
those words on the paper were just one. Then you know the the instrumentation choreographically was just one person. I mean, it's really remarkable. Half a billion, and, I, and I've understood this to be more because of your your inheritance and passing the money down to your to your next of kin because of of the tax laws in the country. It's it's probably the only way to. Whereas you would think you were going to hang on to them, but essentially it's not any any longer. Uh, last thought, my my paisan, Mark Kalmanici, just had a baby. Took a week to name the girl. He named her Sienna. I go, oh my God, Michael oh, Lombardi, awesome. my, my man Sienna. Now he wants to know, is it an E at the end or an A at the end? I think we have, we're an A at the end and we have two ends. So we're not okay. like the town in Florence. We're like, yeah. you know, we have the two ends. So, but I mean, she's going to be two weeks old tomorrow. She's doing good. She's eating. Everything looks good. Her eyes are blue like everybody else in the family. So it's it's great. <laughs> the Siennos are everywhere. Thank you so much for checking us out here on the GM Shuffle. Enjoy the football. This is great. We get Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Let's go. Tuesday. We'll talk to you. Yeah, we sound like, what's her name? Abalone. Monday, Tuesday. Oh, yeah, Apollonia. Monday, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> we'll see you on the GM Shuffle.